0: Welcome to the Maintenance Community Podcast, a podcast for people who want to learn all things about maintenance and reliability. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm the CEO and founder of Upkeep. Each week, I'll be meeting with an expert from the maintenance community to take a deep dive in a topic source from our Slack group. And today, I'm super excited to have Aaron Schultz, also known as AW, here on the show. Aaron holds over 20 years of experience in manufacturing, having worked in multiple Fortune 500 companies like Pepsi and also General Mills, alongside many other manufacturing organizations. Throughout your journey, Aaron, working in this industry, you've gained a ton of insight into facility infrastructure, operation controls, and so, so much more. I'm super excited to have you on this podcast and ultimately
1: have the opportunity to learn from you. Well, thanks, Ryan. I'm I'm excited to be here today. This is is a great podcast and I hope I offer some benefits for you.
0: The way that we always kick this podcast off, Aaron, is have you share a little bit more about your background and how you're first introduced into the field of this niche field of maintenance and reliability and ultimately why you've stuck around for
1: 20 plus years. I, you know, I've been working in maintenance and reliability management for, for some time now, which may include managing and supporting operations in the warehouse and reliability. The last 15 years has primarily been continuous improvement or transformation management, where I've led you know, multiple projects in the transformation change or process improvements in either training or coaching my, my experience includes various positions in both operations and maintenance, and most recently it was in project management. I've had a lot of success building plant infrastructures and staff, establishing operator controls that facilitate process improvement. But I give a lot of that back to, you know, those that, that mentioned me when I was younger and brought me up. And I think that they were probably some of the, the best in the business working with them, which has allowed me to give back that knowledge and experience in the maintenance and reliability community. Yeah, it sounds like you've really dedicated a big portion
0: of your career towards giving back. And, and I think even this podcast is a sign of you like trying to share what you've learned throughout the last 20 years and you know, help educate and also promote the industry that we're in. I'm kind of curious, maybe for all of our listeners too, like how you're able to take that mindset and also translate it within your business. So here, here's what, what I'm trying to get at. What we talk about a lot on this podcast is how difficult it is oftentimes to drive a reliability culture within your organization. seems like a lot of people, a lot of businesses are kind of like turned off by this idea of increasing costs and maintenance and reliability. But it sounds like, again, like this focus on education. I have a feeling that big reason there is because you wanted to drive awareness and the importance of this industry, even within your own
1: internal business. Yeah, so Ryan, I guess it all stands back to you know where I want to be successful in building an understanding of the cause of change. When you talk about reliability, it quickly becomes a question about sustainability. It shows that what you work looks good, and where the gaps lie. If you walk in an organization and there's a need for transformation or change, it starts with the top of the leadership, and you work your way down. In many cases, there's 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 these tools that we we've, we've had around for 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 decades now that that. The, the next generations, some of them are new to them. Listen to the pain points, where they've struggled in the past. In a lot of organizations you go into, the stories are the same, but the tools that you're pulling out of, the, out of the box are a little bit different. And then you help develop a plan that works for them. You know, change is often hard for people when they're doing something that they believe is in the right way to look at different options or ways of doing it. You know, it, it's an easy thing to think about. Reliability is coming together in the beginning. Keeping it together is progress and working together is success.
0: I think you're, you're absolutely right. You hit it on the head where I think if you talk about like that idea of reliability, obviously everyone says, yes, that's important. We want to keep our machines running, running safely, on time, on schedule. But obviously, once it comes to like the brass tacks of like, this is what we need to actually do to drive a reliability culture, that's much More difficult. On this journey towards reliability, I think a lot of people ask the question like, what does success look like? What does a successful, like reliability-centered organization look like? Aaron, I'm sure you've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, the great. I'd be curious from you, like, what does success
1: look like from your experience? I've had the opportunity to see what good looks like. It's simple as having a program that everyone in the organization believes and follows. Success is often Ensuring that you have 100% of the employment engaged, finding ways to get this, you know, from the the C suites into the the ones that are cleaning the areas often can be, you know, the, the the challenges of it. But when they are speaking the same at that point, that's when you start to see success. You know, you think about an example like heading up a recycling program or doing a, or a smet event, a 5s store They don't have to be big, but you know, as long as you're involving everyone else and you're seeing that kind of uh, maturity and involvement, that is when you start to see success. Success is when you, you, you've got a plant and you maybe regretted giving plant tours, but later on, you, you are successful when you're encouraging and want to show off what you've done in that facility. Maybe another question that comes to mind here
0: on like, you, know, you mentioned like success is when you want to like show it off and be proud of the work that you do. And I I totally agree with that. But I also feel like in our industry, we can also fall into this trap of like wanting to be perfect too. It's almost like this idea of like over maintaining equipment, over focusing on, on things that may not drive like bottom line for the company and forgetting, you know, the, the overall strategy. I'm just curious, have you seen that before? Is that something that you've run into? It's like over-maintenance, over-reliability, over-engineering.
1: Yeah, I I have. And, you know, this is what's delicate about when you're doing reliability is knowing what to pull out of it. I'm going to use the word toolbox, but it's essentially you're using all your your continuous improvement tools, whether they be Lean Six Sigma or Total Productive Maintenance, and it's it's knowing how to use them. It's about roadmapping it and understanding where you can – plan it out and, and, and show progress on it. But yeah, you can, you can get lost in the weeds really easy. If you're focusing on a project that doesn't show value, mm-hmm. having good key performance indicators and having a goal and an objective for these projects is, is no different than any other lifestyle that you might apply into business. So it, it, that's, that's my one advice when you're going on these, these journeys and trying to improve everything, you can't move for everything at once.
0: And what I've noticed from your background too, Aaron, you you have done a lot of work with TPM with RCAs and FMAs. Like is is that for everyone? Is that for every single organization? And how do you know if you're, if you know TPM or, or RCAs and FMEAs
1: are, are right for you and when is it right? I, I can tell you that probably every project I've 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 done, it's gone off script in, in some form or manner. But it's it's important that they scope it right early on. And they they stick to it. You know, I, I wouldn't encourage folks if you don't have the support of the the, the leadership above, but you want to make a change, you know, you're you're not going to have that 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 type of impact. So, and then the same things goes true if you've got the leadership and they're, they're willing to invest. Often you you got to ask, you know, what what can we have as far as short term gains and long term gains? Often when you're when you're trying to to change and then. A culture—it's a lot of what the, these tools and reliabilities are—is is opening their minds to to look at things a little bit different. You have to be agile. You have to be uh, willing to bend a little bit on what you want to uh, achieve at the end of day as an objective. But certainly, scoping it plays an important part.
0: You know, I also you know, have read a few your posts too, Aaron. You talk a lot about like lean thinking and how you deploy that method on this journey towards you know higher reliability curious what your thoughts are what does that process look like
1: yeah so i mean lean thinking has been out there for for a while i tend to not use that word lean just because it sometimes it, it, it distracts the the stakeholders or the ones you're working with often they their heads tend to move toward this is a the head count reduction or layoffs or or aggressive run strategies. I can use the word transformation or, or, or change management, or continuous improvement, one of, the, one of the three I pull out of there. But to answer your question, when you start thinking about lean or, or when you wanna change an organization, you're, you're building on a long-term philosophy that even if you experience short-term goals, there has to be a, a vision for what you wanna see in the future. You need to look at the process, think about the different types of waste that you might have out there, your time, inventory, motion, waiting overproduction or, you know, unutilized resources that you might see. But it, it, it's critical that you want to build on top of that team. If you want reliability, you have to invest into it. It's growth and education, making them aware on that. You asked an earlier question about, are some or some uh, companies ready for this at some points? And the answer is no, they're not. Because there's a line to bring them up to speed on that. Throwing them every lean 6 singer tool out there is not going to drive a uh, process improvement—if they don't know how to pull them out and what what should be used when—but at the end, you want to turn your your facility and, and the folks within it into problem solvers. Because once you start doing that, it, it's just gonna it's just gonna blossom and open up a lot of avenues they can tap into. Yeah,
0: I think that's a great dovetail into you know ultimately what we were talking about at the start of this podcast, which is really like changing perception, changing culture, transforming culture. So how do you think leadership and upper management can really leverage their past experiences with poor reliability to help transform the
1: culture for the future of, of the plant and the team? Tell you what, if they're starting to realize it, there's an easy reason for the cause for change. They've understood it. When it comes to an organization, I've got two things I usually try to do. One, my objective is to make everyone's job easier, which sounds like you know pulling a hundred-pound weight over yourself. But remove some of the business politics, the cloak and daggers. You don't want to blame people. You want to you want to challenge the process. We also can't fix what we can't measure. Having measurable key performance indicators are, are critical. And then the second part is that usually what I, what I tell folks is that part of what I want to do is I want to work myself out of that job which is a goal of anyone working on transformation and continuous proof. When they don't need you anymore, you've scoped the project well, the stakeholders are bought in and you're starting to see those, those lagging indicators show promise. But knowing it can, cause, can, can occur without having that leadership support. What's a technology or transformation that you're most excited about in the uh, maintenance reliability space? You know, something that it's, it's part of what I'm devoting my time to is failure mode effects analysis. It became into my, my, some of, as I was, I was building this, uh, this training programs that companies like AIAG the automotive industry action group, they developed a, a a revision to what was originally developed back in the, in the sixties. And the one gap that I had seen from the, I'm going to use the acronym FMEA Mm -hmm. is that it was only targeted on a, you know determine the, the severity, the detectability, and the, the likelihood of, of a failure. But it doesn't march what it looks like as a project level. So they've done some work in the last couple of years, and that work is being instituted in all the automotive industries, and then the, the second interior suppliers. I'm excited to see some of the results that they start seeing out of it, because I, I've seen how the program is set up, and it's, it's a vast improvement of what they've had in the past. And I, I think that this can be reflected in other industries that just follow the, the conventional FMEA. So I, I, I look forward to see what uh, what, what things co- are coming up for the, up the pipeline.
0: Is there a memory that stands out to you where you had like the biggest win from a reliability project?
1: Like what, what really stands out to you first thing? It's when you're doing a walkthrough or a gimbal walk with the, the frontline employees and you remember the first day you go in that factory and their comment is what are you doing here and then you explain like well we already did that it didn't work so you might as well leave but over time you come in there 3 months 4 months later is when they start they start talking about a process versus blaming somebody else for that and to me that's when the light turns on and that's to me that's the most rewarding part about doing reliability is 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 seeing that when they these tools their are understanding how they work and how they can be applied. So that's that's, that's, that's my, my one success story that I, that I, I tend to share and it's, it's happened multiple times. That's why I, you know, I stay within that. I still follow it.
0: On the flip side to that, any failures that you've had, um, what were some of the learnings and what can our listeners learn from, from failures and mistakes that, that you,
1: you, you may have had in the past? It's, it's, it's easy to say it's going too fast where the, the, the business is not ready for it but pushing pushing these tools in and then all of a sudden you don't you're not making yourself available to understand because there's going to be questions along the way of how to bring them up that was one of my my key learnings and it's one of those things that only happened to happen once and you learn from it and you know that you don't put more on them that, that than they can handle and because in reality they're they they're making a product and there's still a business to run there but they're trying to push they're trying to carry on a, a process improvement plan to to, to, to hoist themselves up. But it's important to know that while it's project work for me, it's their it's their daily
0: work for them. I mean that's that's actually huge. It dovetails back to what we were talking about. Is every organization ready for these big levels of change? And I think what I hear from you is like you can get there, but it's just a matter of how fast and, and when. Where, where do you go to continue learning? Where can, where, where do you go for more educational content,
1: and new ideas? I I, I got to say that um, past you know I was affected by the the COVID situation as far as my my past role you know I've been searching out different different avenues you know LinkedIn's great for uh, reaching out to the communities and you know you know certainly your, your organization offers great ways to, to to network in and ask those questions. I don't really have a, that, that smoking gun answer for you, but I will share it. It's great. If you, if you can ask a good question, there's going to be a lot out there that I answer it back and ask a further question. So that's, that's probably one of my learnings of that.
0: All right. Aaron, thank you so much for being on this podcast with us here today. If our listeners
1: want to follow you on your journey and connect with you, what's the best way for that? LinkedIn at, you know, A.W. Schultz. Also, you know, my website at Visual Management Group, and uh, CMRPExam.com. All right. Thank you again, Aaron, for for joining us. Thank you to all of our listeners for
0: tuning in today's episode of the Maintenance Community Podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm the CEO and founder of Upkeep. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm super active. And lastly, you can find me and also Aaron in the Maintenance Community Slack group. You can feel free to follow up, ask any questions from today's episodes, or suggest future topics. You can sign up at upkeep.org. And I hope to connect with all of you soon. Until next time, thank you again, Aaron. Thanks, Ryan.